All right, guys, welcome back. We're live for the 93rd installment of the Unplugged Alpha podcast series. Just a little podcast that I'm building on my book. Um, been doing a lot of writing the last week, actually, on the follow-up book and some edits to the first one. So that'll be coming soon. And I got a big announcement for January coming, but I have to launch it internally to my community first. So make sure you guys are uh, on this podcast regularly so you don't miss out on that huge opportunity. Uh, what are we at? Episode number 93. We're talking about anti-aging hacks tonight. And I've like, this is kind of my wheelhouse and it has been for some time now. Cause I don't know, you just start paying a lot more attention to self-care and health and what you're doing, um, as you get older, because just weird shit starts to happen. Like stuff that you take for granted in your twenties, um, you know, knees, joints, skin, bone, like everything in your body is basically dying. Right. I mean, like we're all going to end some someday, right? We'll all be six feet under dust and a, you know, like a fond memory of, you know, some family and friends at some point, but, um, that's what we do. You know, we come here, scatter seed, and then we're done, you know, sort of thing. And along the way, um, you know, you just sort of deteriorate slowly. So I've, I've been very attentive to a lot of opportunities out there that reduce slow down. I don't think they turn back the clock. There's a lot of marketers and like hype dudes out there that are all like, you know, buy this uh, cream and, you know, rub it under your eyes and you'll rub away 10 years of wrinkles or pop this pill and you'll lose 20 pounds in two weeks sort of thing. And there's a lot of big promises out there. And to be honest with you, a lot of them don't really shape up too much. And I don't believe there's any real way to turn back the clock where you can actually anti-age backwards. Um, but um, I've seen some podcasts with uh, Dr. David Sinclair. If you're not familiar with him, you should check it out. Um, there's, well, let's start off with that part of the talk because I made a note to uh, sort of dive into that. Um, he happens to believe that aging is a disease and it can be cured. Um, so there may be a future where we don't age, you know, it's entirely possible, but at this stage of the game, um, it's reality of life and you have to face it head on and it is what it is. So what I learned from David Sinclair, there's two, um, substances that you can take, which um, I've been using for the last year or so since I started watching some of his podcasts, because I started going in this rabbit hole of sleep. And then I started watching like anti anti aging podcasts and stuff that came out of that. And there's two common uh, elements that seem widely agreed upon by, you know, like the community out there that deals with anti agent, the doctors, the experts, you know, the Huberman's of the world and all that sort of stuff. And it seems like resveratrol and NMN, uh, you get them both in pill form. It's just N is a Norman, M is a Mark and N is a Norman again. Um, it was the other compound and it's niacinamide, blah, 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 or something like that. I'll obviously mispronounce it. So I'll just give you guys the acronym NMN. Um, and resveratrol is the other one, which I probably pronounced incorrectly as well, but those two things are highly recommended by the community and they, uh, seem to work. So, um, that's the first thing that I would recommend you taking a look at now. You can pop as many pills as you want, supplements and all this sort of stuff. Um, and some of them can be effective and some of them are not very effective. And some are effective for some people and not effective for other people sort of thing. But before you start getting into supplementation, just doing like cookie cutter. Okay, I'm going to take a protein powder. Okay, I'm going to take a, a, a vitamin D product and a vitamin C product sort of thing like to incor incorporate into my lifestyle choices because I think that's what I need. But before you start going and doing that, I'm going to take you down a deep rabbit hole of what does work very well and what I've been doing. And I know for a fact, uh, the 
results that I'm getting out of it are very, very positive. So what I'm going to give you guys tonight is going to be very useful. So pay attention. Um, the link to call in and ask questions will be available halfway through the show or so. Uh, Moff's going to be in the green room. Make sure your uh, audio and everything is up to par. And uh, let's get right into it. So the next thing is you should definitely get your DNA analyzed. And for some people, that might sound weird. Some A lot of the stuff that I'm going to talk to you guys about tonight is going to be like, well, that's just too weird. I'm just going to drink my Bud Light and sit here, and that'll be all. And that's cool, too. Um, so this is the result of my DNA um, assessment. And Dr. Anthony J is somebody I've had on the podcast twice now. So if you're unfamiliar with him, he wrote a book called Estrogeneration. The subtitle is uh, How Estrogenics Are Essentially Making You Fat, Sick, and Infertile. And he um, he's well-researched. He did his uh, PhD on cholesterol, did another one on uh, hormones. Uh, so definitely knows what he's talking about. And I was introduced to him through a mutual friend. And what you do is you basically get your raw DNA code through 23andMe which isn't expensive. It's around a hundred bucks. I don't know what the total cost is today, but they always have coupons floating around for Black Fridays and stuff like that if you want to wait for it, but it's not going to cost you a lot of money. So let's just start with that. Um, and what it does is these are the colorful charts that they do. And, you know, people are all like, oh, look, you know, I'm 27%, you know, Hasidic Jew and 13% uh, Palestinian and, you know, 37% uh East Asian or Mongolian or something like, you know, there's all these, these, these like breakdowns, which people think are all pretty and all that sort of stuff. And they're like, I know my background. I, I know my ancestry. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. It's, it's really useless information at that point. But what you can do is you can download the code from their website and it, and it gives you all the genetic code that you need to give to uh, Dr. Anthony J who runs it through his program. And then he has all of your DNA assessed and it tells you where your deficiencies are. Your strengths don't really matter. It's like if you have really good bones, awesome. You know, if you have really good um, muscle fiber, uh, great, you know, sort of thing. So a lot of this stuff here, and I did a full breakdown. So if you're a member of my private community, guys, uh, there's a full breakdown that I posted to Zenforo. You should go watch it because the entire conversation I have with Dr. J is there. And we go through all of these line by line, explaining them in extreme detail. Um, but what I have here is the summary, and it basically highlights um, genetic anomalies, deficiencies, you know, whatever it is that you want to call it. But um, it, areas of concern is what I would distill it down to. And he can get down to, so I'll just read a few of these off to you. Um, he can tell you if you've got the FOXO3 gene, which is an uncommon gene that gives you a higher likelihood of living to the age of 100 or higher. I have that, so it should be around for a long time for you guys. Um, it can tell you if you're prone to Alzheimer's. It can tell you uh, how you react to stress and what supplements you can use if you react difficultly to, you know, if you have a difficult reaction to, to stress. He'll make some recommendations as, as far as like, what you can take because you have a, a particularly annoying stress gene that reacts very easily. Um, talk about uh, anxiety. You can talk about how your body metabolizes caffeine, alcohol, uh, your diabetic uh, profile, how prone you are to having diabetes, inflammation in your body, what kind of foods might cause inflammation. Like there's a dairy gene. And if you don't have this gene, then dairy in your body causes excessive inflammation. 
Okay, noted, right? Um, and I'll get into dairy a little bit more later on. Diabetes, uh, heart lipid panels. Um, so on my heart lipid panels, you know, you can see some notes. I don't know if you can see the highlights in the notes here, but the lighting doesn't really work. Anyway, um, so there's a lot of detailed information here. And he's telling me, you need to keep an eye on fasted triglycerides. Uh, tells me what range that I need to be in. You need to keep an eye on um, the LPA gene and recommends niacin taken before a sauna. Interesting. Um, I haven't revisited this in a while. So taking the niacin before a sauna helps with the LP little a. Um, it's a uh, marker in your blood, which indicates that you have a higher likelihood for heart disease or stroke or stuff like that. Uh, he also recommends me to keeping a close eye on homocysteine. So some of these things were not included in my blood labs when I was running them before. And I, I basically take this to my doctor that's doing my healthcare. And I'm like, okay, look, you know, I've analyzed my DNA. Here's some of the blood labs that he wants me to keep an eye on. So let's add them to the test. Okay, no problem. He knows who this guy is. He's well-researched. He takes a look at his site, takes a look at the report. Looks good to me, right? So we add those in there. Leaky gut issues, what kind of, uh, you know, if you need to avoid uh, gluten, because, you know, there's some people that have that gluten intolerance. Uh, pesticides, seed oils. Um, he'll tell you if he's got, um, so there's a uh, plant sterile gene, which is extremely rare. Apparently, it only exists in something like less than 2% of people out there, but essentially plant cholesterols was one. I wouldn't have known this. My doctor wouldn't have ever known this. Anybody running my blood labs would have never known this. The only reason why this showed up and I figured this out was because I did my 23andMe. I had Dr. J run the, the raw code through his algorithm and we figured out exactly what my DNA is all about. And I have a rare gene where I have an issue with plant cholesterols. So I can't metabolize um, a lot of the stuff that I've been eating actually. Nuts, seeds, seed oils, avocados, olive oil, Anything that's a fatty plant, I can't have. Um, and it, it just bungs up my system and it causes inflammation and it affects your um, hormones, right? I mean, potentially, I might have been able to have avoided TRT if we had caught this before I was 40 and did something about it back then. But I caught it after the fact that I'm already, you know, years into TRT. So it's not like you can come off and change that right now. But Plant cholesterols apparently can uh, have a deleterious effect on your hormone panel and have you know have issues with testosterone production, high conversions to estrogen, all that sort of stuff. So th these are all things that you can only discover if you have your DNA fully analyzed. Uh, bilirubin levels, you want to, uh, I need to keep an eye on those and I need to use uh, a UV light if they get too low. All kinds of stuff. Wicked, wicked information. So that would be... That would be a definite must-do. The cost is not that much. Your 23andMe, like I said, it's around 100 bucks. He'll analyze your um, DNA raw code, uh, print out everything for you or email it to you, and spend an hour and a half, so 90 minutes with you on Skype. And I think it's like 400 bucks. That is a fucking steal. For 500 bucks, you can get everything that you need to know about your genetic issues and opportunities to correct lifestyle. Um, you'll sleep better. You'll 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 put on muscle easier. You'll lose fat easier. You know, like you'll you'll do everything better when your body's optimized. So that would be the first recommendation that I have. Very very high up on the list. Not that expensive and exceptionally exceptionally useful. I found a ton of value out of going uh, through this, and I've incorporated it 
um, in my day to day. Next thing. Um, so health report file over here, blood labs. Uh, here we go. The food intolerance test. This is the other one. So these are called MRT tests in the States. Um, the Canadian blood lab office that I use is uh, Dynacare and they don't have the MRT test, but they have an equivalency test, which is apparently almost as good. But uh, these, they're about 300 bucks. I get my labs run every quarter, usually anywhere from four to six months. I mean, the last one I did was six months ago. So, um, sorry, the longest span that I had between them was about six months. So this one over here reveals exactly what you have a intolerance to. And that doesn't mean that you can't eat it or you can't consume it. It just means that it doesn't cooperate real well with your gut biome, with your genetic code, with how you are. So all they do is when they take your blood, then, I mean, there's an explanation. I don't know if it's on this uh, page. Uh, dealing with antibodies, I believe, is what it does. So food allergies produce, hang on a sec. Right, sorry, up here. Food intolerance is not the same as a food allergy. Allergic reactions are classified as type 1 hypersensitivity and involve a substance in your body called IgE antibodies, which are different from the IgG antibodies involved in food intolerance. Food allergies uh, produce an immediate reaction after you eat the food, for example, peanuts and shellfish. Anybody that's got those extreme allergies you know, pretty much die after eating them. Uh, symptoms can include rash and sneezing, difficulty breathing, and even life-threatening due to strong response called anaph anaphylaxis. Uh, food intolerance reactions are classified as type three hypersensitivity, and they can confirm, sorry, and they can occur within hours or days after consuming the food. So that's the difference between an intolerance and an allergy, and this tests for intolerances. So basically, if you put this stuff in your body, inflammation rises, and it causes your body to work harder than what it needs to to process those calories. Um, so right at the top for most people will be dairy, and it's right up there for me. Uh, egg whites. Um, they say the reason why most people have an intolerance to egg whites is because they use the, uh, I think it's called the albumin or something like that. I'm totally pronouncing it wrong, but it's that like um, film. Like when you hard boil an egg and you crack the shell, it's that, like that film that sometimes is in the way. It's that nasty film. Um, they use that with um, vaccines to create, you know, certain vaccines. So um, because the vaccine is designed for your body to fight whatever, you know, it, it sends in your body, you tend to have the same reaction with that part of the egg, um, apparently as you get older. So it's just weird shit. But um, yeah, anyway, so it'll identify a bunch of stuff that you've got intolerances to, and you just take it out of your diet and see what happens. And the biggest differences that I noticed is bloating went down a lot for me. And so did um, gas. Like I used to fart a lot. <laughs> I'll be honest. And as soon as I did this test and I, and I took out like the top, like there's basically three sections. There's orange, uh, blue, and then there's like basically nothing, which is the green area, meaning like eat as much of it, you know, as you want. Um, and if you take out like basically the top orange ones, which are the ones that are creating the most, um, issues, you know, for your body, holy smokes, what a difference, man. Um, again, these, this test is not that expensive. Um, it's called a food intolerance test and there's 200 plus, uh, metrics on this one. They have a cheaper one, which has 150, I think, or a little bit less. And what do they cost? I'm trying to remember the cost. It's like 300 bucks, maybe 350. Um, 
it's only a few hundred bucks and it tests your blood up against these antibodies to see what kind of intolerance exists in your body to these certain uh, foods and you just take them out of your diet and it's not like you have to stop eating them like I haven't completely stopped with dairy I still put cream in my coffee just a little bit and I'll have ice cream from time to time but very very rarely but when I do farting comes back right so you know it's just a it's a small minor change but it makes a huge difference in my opinion um, I got a few more here, but before I continue with those, I'm going to drop the uh, StreamYard link and just pin it up at the top. Oh, it looks like Moff's already done it. Yeah, so just pin that up at the top. And if you guys want to uh, participate in the Q&A, you have to watch live and you have to be on YouTube watching live because that's where you get the link. Uh, next one, blood labs. Yeah, I might as well talk about blood labs. So I had this conversation with my dad the other day. You know, it's, it was Father's Day yesterday. So happy belated Father's Day to all the uh, the men out there uh, doing that difficult job. And he had his labs with him. And he's like, Rich, you know a lot about this stuff. Come sit with me and explain this. I'm like, okay, fine. You know, let's see what the labs say. Um, so I can log in with my phone and get my data here. And I think with his, when I counted it, he had only like 10 lines. And the lines that he had that this doctor and his doctor, you know, did the standard. Oh yeah, everything's fine. You know, it's within range, you know, stuff. Um, and my dad's like, yeah, I'm, I'm always lethargic. I'm super tired. I don't know what's wrong. Anyway, they got him on all kinds of like cholesterol meds and stuff like that. And it puts all of your cholesterol levels down in the basement. And most people don't know this, but your hormones are made from cholesterol. So that's probably why he's so lethargic that and he's probably got low t because if you have low cholesterol then you're not going to make any t so your testosterone is going to go down um so i'm looking at mine here and i and i usually get anywhere from 64 line items up to 75 depending on what my doctor's running my dad only got 10 and i'll tell you why he only got 10 it's because he's going to the free health care clinics right the family doctor the jack of all trades the guy that doesn't really give a shit let let's be honest the guy that I deal with, and don't ask me for his contact information because I'm because I'm really going to sell him up here because he because he's already busy. The only people I give his contact information to are guys in my community that live in the area. That's it. But he like he is so he's so thorough, and he's and he's partnered with a um, guy that's basically a lifelong biohacker. He's like in his sixties, in phenomenal shape, former competitive bodybuilder, judge bodybuilding shows. Uh, in excellent shape, knows how to deal with men and women's hormone panels, all this stuff. The guy knows stuff like, like these are the people that you want to deal with when it comes to managing your health as you get older. You go to the general practitioner, you go to the grocery store and you put like the shit that's in the freezers and the cans and the packaging, stuff full of preservatives in your buggy, you take it home and you eat that and you don't take a, take a good look at your blood labs. I guarantee it's, it's a, um, it's not only going to shorten your life, which doesn't really matter, but the quality of your life is going to go down as well, right? Like I'd rather have 80 years of quality life than 110 years of this FOXO3 gene or whatever it is that I have, you know, makes me live to over hundred in like a miserable shape. I'd rather be fully optimized and live less, right? So the point that I'm getting at is your blood labs are incredibly important. I talked about it in a, a chapter in my book in the Unplugged Alpha, and I broke down exactly in that chapter, which by the way, is going to have some new information and in the follow-up book too, um, exactly how TRT works, how, how the, how the hormone, uh, clinics work and all this sort of stuff. But you need to find not just the jack of all, not just like 
if you go to one of these places and and they run 10, 15, you know, uh, line items on your blood labs and they go, okay, well, let's just give them a little script here for some DHEA and give them a script for some testosterone and give them a little script for some uh, HCG and then send them off on his way. Oh, wait, hang on a sec. Come back. Let's, let's give you a AI as well to make sure that your estrogen doesn't, doesn't go too high. Now go away. And if you're not measuring those up against your blood labs, your, your DNA, your genetics, your uh, food sensitivities, right? Like if you're not optimizing in every area, then, then there's holes. It's like Swiss cheese, right? Yeah, it's cheese. Yeah, you can eat it, but it's got holes everywhere, right? Um, I don't like that. I'm at the stage where it's like, I want to be thorough with this stuff. I want to get good results out of it. I want to look at, like I look around at some people and they're like 10, 15, sometimes even 20 years younger than me. And they look like shit, like completely out of shape, man boobs, you know, just they can do a lot better. And I know that it's hard because nobody has given this information. It's not, it's not clear. It's not concise. You often have to go looking for it. I went looking for a lot of this stuff because I had bad sleep at one time. And I have a video on this podcast list talking about sleep and everything I did to improve that. So that's another story, but I'll keep going because we got to take some of these call-ins over here. Um, so we got the food sensitivity test, which is also called the MR, MRT test in the U.S. Uh, blood labs, Make sure you get detailed blood labs. Look at everything, liver, kidney, um, do a urine test, do um, your minerals, do heavy metals, you know, check and see if you have mercury, you know. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but if you eat seafood, you will have high levels of mercury. Um, I found out because my doctor was like, well, something's off here. And I said, well, hang on a sec. When was it like? We work together on this stuff and I'm smart enough to ask questions because I, because I've read up on a lot of this shit and I've watched a lot of podcast interviews. And I said to him, I go, we haven't checked mercury yet. I go run a mercury test and let's see what comes back. You know, the, the lab. So we go back mercury sky high and he goes, well, well, what are you eating? And I said, well, you wanted me to increase my protein. Cause I also train with this guy too, by the way, he, he's my personal trainer. And he goes, you know, I wanted you to eat more protein. I, I go, so I did. And one of the things I like to eat that's, you know, uh, animal protein is tuna. So I was eating a shitload of tuna, probably at least one serving of tuna per day. Some days, maybe two, uh, tuna out of a can tuna pokey, you know, from the freezer, which is basically raw tuna. It's like sushi gray type of tuna. Um, so I was eating a lot of tuna and he's like, that's it. It's a tuna. Any old fish from the ocean is going to have very high levels of mercury, right? So salmon, he said, is pretty much is pretty safe because they're young fish. They, you know, they spawn every year, they get a new one every year, sort of thing. So they're not they're not swimming around for 15 years, eating up all the shit in the ocean and mercury, you know, collecting in their uh, body. Um, so these are things that again, you know, you have to consider, you know, you have to take a look at. And it's like, okay, well, how do you get the mercury out of your system now? Because that now that's just saturated in your body and it's not good for you. Uh it, th there's all kinds of downstream effects. You have, you know, brain fog is probably like one of the biggest ones and one of the biggest complaints that I've had over the last couple of years, right? So he's like, okay, well, let's go on to the next uh, tip. And it's vitamin infusions. What are we at? We're at the half hour mark. And it's vitamin infusions. So IV infusions. The highest rate of absorption that you're going to get in a supplement is in my supplement line over here, okay? Uh, the company that makes these their biggest obsession is the absorption rate um the only way to get a higher absorption rate than what's in those caplets 
is with an IV infusion. That's where they take the needle and they go right in your vein. They hang the bag up and it drips and you're sitting there for 45 minutes. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, you see sometimes I post um, videos of me doing the IV drip and what's in the bag and a link usually to something so you guys can go and research it for yourself. Um, but IV infusions can be very helpful. So I've identified that I've got a mercury issue. So how the hell do you get out of your system? All right. Um, you know, I asked my doctor, he goes, well, we can do an IV infusion with something called EDTA, which essentially removes metals from your body. Um, they use it a lot for people with uh, brain fog, you know, with heavy metals in their blood and their organs and stuff like that. Uh, and it helps your body metabolize and get rid of it. Another thing you can do is you can sit in the sauna and sweat it out of your skin. That's another way that your body gets rid of metals in your body is basically sweat it through your skin. Um, so I've been doing that, you know, I've been doing the sauna. I've been doing the IV infusions with the EDTA. There's another really good one called Plaquex, uh, which is another IV infusion, uh, which gets rid of any kind of plaque buildup on your arteries. Um, so I have a genetic predisposition to heart disease and, you know, my dad's side of the family, my dad had a heart attack when he was in his sixties. He had a, a triple bypass. He's still alive and kicking well today. Um, but there's IV infusions that I can implement because I go there every week, right? Um, it's about 180 bucks per bag. Um, way cheaper, again, to have vitamins than it is to do the IV infusion. But the IV infusion is a lot more efficient and your body absorbs pretty much, you know, 100% of what you're putting in. Um, so we do plaque X, which is great for removing plaque from your arteries. That has a whole bunch of benefits. You know, you get plaque out of any of your blood vessels that's building up around your heart, in your brain, in your organs, in your penis. Like all of this stuff will help blood flow better. And you'll, you know, you'll live better, right? You'll get more oxygen, all your body parts, everything will work properly when you want them to work properly. Um, you know, plaque does build up in your body, the older that you get. Um, people don't know this, but if you take vitamin D without a, without an MK7 variant of uh, vitamin K, then you will move uh, calcium into your blood vessels, which will create plaque. And, you know, we're always told to take vitamin D, but there's not a lot of people that pay attention to the fact you need a, a D slash uh, K variant, which is a, a blend. That's what mine is, by the way, in my lineup. And you guys will see a link to that, you know, below at the unplugged alpha.com. Uh, you can just go to the unplugged alpha.com forward slash uh, store or supplements. Just go to the site and you'll see it there. Um, but these are all things that you have to contemplate. And then of course, you know, the third thing is um, just a standard vitamin bag. And the cool thing about the vitamin bag is it's like an a la carte restaurant. Like he's got all of these vials laid out with the syringes in front of them, the bag over here, and you basically have a designer bag, right? And, you know, he's like, okay, you know, what are we working on? Cause he's training me, he's taking care, he's taking care of my diet. And he's like, well, you know, since we're working on the training part, let's get some amino acids in there. We'll get some citrulline in there. We'll get some uh, arginine in there. That'll increase uh, nitric oxide oxide that'll increase blood flow um he starts putting some vitamins and some minerals in there that i'm deficient in that show the deficiencies in my blood lab that's the cool thing about working with a clinic like this that really knows what the fuck they're doing it's just like i can get my hormone panel fixed there i can get my training done there i can get my diet done down there anything that shows up as a deficiency in my blood labs just put it in the vitamin bag right and it drips in um i'll tell you something i've I've probably never felt better in the last 10 or 15 years. And it's only been the last couple of years that I've been doing this, right? So it's just something to contemplate. I've mentioned it in passing before in some videos. 
um, you know, when people sometimes call in and I said that I might do a full show. So this is your full show on it, right? This is, this is pretty much everything that I've done that's moved the bar as far as self-care and helping, you know, delay a lot of the, um, issues with aging because it's going to happen to all of us. And again, if you guys don't know how something works, how can you fix it? You know, that's why I say it's important, you know, run your, uh, 23andMe, get your DNA analyzed, uh, get a food sensitivity test, you know, to see what uh, causes the inflammation in your body and then manage your blood labs accordingly. Like if you have issues down the road in your family with Alzheimer's, there's things that you can do to prevent Alzheimer's. There really is. If you have issues in your family with diabetes or you might be prone to diabetes, there's things that you should be doing to manage and test in your blood labs to make sure you're not heading in that direction where you have to take insulin pins and check your blood so often, all that sort of stuff. These are all really important things to look at. Anyway, um, we got a few callers. So let me just run the uh, ad reel real quick. Uh, take a quick minute and a half break and we'll take some call-ins. This episode is brought to you by the Unplugged Alpha Supplements and Grondike Soap Company. Brothers, if you're like me and you take what you put in your body seriously, you'll want to use the Unplugged Alpha Supplements. An obsession with absorption is what sets this line apart from the others. You want to make sure that you absorb as much of the supplements as possible so you don't end up peeing out expensive urine. My supplement line is made in the United States from the highest quality domestic ingredients. And unlike cheaper supplements from China and plastic bottles, Mine ship in dark glass bottles to keep your supplements fresher, longer, and won't seep endocrine-disrupting plastics into your supplements. Nothing is a hard tablet. Everything is in an easily digestible, bioavailable capsule. You can filter all products by various categories, including testosterone support, estrogen metabolism, fat burning, immune health, sleep support, and performance. Visit theunpluggedalpha.com forward slash shop and use the subscribe and save option to get 10% off your supplement orders or use coupon code alpha10 for 10% off a one-time order to try it out. Then I use Tactical Soap and God of War beard oil every day. Tactical Soap is a handmade product made in the United States from ingredients you can actually pronounce, not conventional endocrine lowering toiletry chemicals. Both the soap and the beard oils are infused with bioidentical pheromones that are designed by a clinical psychologist and pheromone expert to maximize attractiveness, to the opposite sex. Go visit coopersoap.com and get 10% off your order today. Guys, check out my website at richcooper.ca for more information on booking me for coaching, my community, my courses, and a whole bunch more. You can also find all the useful links pinned below in the top YouTube comment of all my videos. Now let's get on with the show. Hey guys, welcome back. <laughs> all right, um, let me see what Moff's got here for me in the call-in segment. Uh, oh, okay. Let's take uh, Liz, who's having a problem finding guys who take self-care seriously. Kind of what we were talking about earlier. Hey, how are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you? Good. So, what's uh, so, so what's happening? What's going wrong? So it. I actually love this topic because I feel, you know, what you've been talking about because I definitely feel like, especially in the dating world, you know, being a 31 year old woman that takes care of myself, I find that I look significantly younger than my other 31 year old counterparts. Mm -hmm. And I think there is this false machismo that it is seen as feminine to take care of yourself. And that's just simply not the case. As someone that values self-care is one of my like core values, right? I want someone who also feels the same way and a man who values himself enough to take care of himself. 
Why would um, it be seen as feminine if a guy takes care of himself? Like we talk, like, like I see that there's that there's now ads running encouraging guys to wear makeup, right? Which sounds like the feminine angle to me. But why is what you take and how you manage your hormones and your blood and all that stuff like why would that be considered feminine? I don't think that that is. Do I, these guys find it to be feminine? Is that why they've got an aversion to it? I think I think maybe it's maybe something that they learned from their fathers. They don't mm. want to some older generations who feel like, oh, I can fix it myself. I can do it myself. You know, miss me with that. Um, you know, men don't have, seem to have a skincare routine. They don't want to wear sunscreen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like that just seems, and it's, and it's unfortunate because, you know, I think it's important for, a, if a man values himself to take care of himself appropriately. Right. And how are you supposed to take care of someone else if you can't take care of yourself? So, are you familiar with sunscreen ingredients? Uh, I know. I mean, I'm yes. And I wouldn't say that I'm a scientist, but I. And what sort of sunscreen, you know, do you go for? Usually, like, like the all natural ones. You know, okay. when you talk about like um, some of the cancer causing ingredients and things yeah. like that, you know, you try to do something more natural. Well, but they're not. That that's the thing, though, because I mean, if you, I mean, if you just want to talk about sunscreen as like a skincare routine and a topic that guys need to sort of contemplate. Um, the ingredients in the vast majority of sunscreens are uh, estrogenic, right? They have either oxybenzone or a version of oxybenzone. I can't remember what the first three characters are, but it still ends in basically Z-benzone. Um, mm -hmm. It's the same product that does the same thing in the body, which converts to estrogen. And they find that it stays in your body for up to a week. Um, the only sunscreen that you should wear if you're going to wear sunscreen since we're on the topic is zinc based. That's it. Mm -hmm. the, the medical ingredient is zinc. And guess what? You're going to look like Casper the Friendly Ghost when you put it on probably. But that's the only thing you can put on your skin that will lower the effect of the UV rays and uh, not let you burn without converting the estrogen in your body. So like there's a lot of things guys don't even contemplate. Like most guys will wear sunscreen. I'm actually at the point where what I'll do is I barely even wear sunscreen because if I have to wear it, it's going to be the zinc base and it'll just look like white paste. So I just tend to go out more in the morning and in the late afternoon until I have a tan and they don't even have to bother wearing sunscreen, you know, unless it's a hat or a shirt or something like that. Most of the sunny days and I get a nice tan, you know, the summer and I don't use sunscreen at all for anti-aging. I don't have a lot of wrinkles for my age. Okay. So the notion of, of like, um, skin cares and stuff like that. Like there's some good skincare products. I think the peptide based ones, uh, actually I actually have a tab open over here. I, I opened it cause I meant to talk about it, but there's, um, let me just share this here real quick. Cause this is the only one that I would recommend that guys use. Um, this is the one that I use, which is, um, it's on a website called Asir custom, A S E I R, uh, custom.com. Um, they're not paying me to say this. There's no affiliate link or anything like that, but this is the one that I use over here. It's uh, and it's a peptide based one. And the reason why I got into it and I learned about this stuff is because apparently fighters use it to repair their skin from battle damage from fights to help the cuts and the bruises and all this sort of stuff. So this company figured that out and they put it into a skincare product, which helps, you know, with that issue with collagen, and all that stuff, especially you also have to take collagen in too. like as you get older. One of the things I've done in the last couple of years is I've, is I've started taking more collagen either in protein shakes or I'll put them in my coffee in the morning. Um, but I probably have like 30, 40 grams of collagen a day now, which is super useful as, as far as skincare. Now, 
I wouldn't go telling guys to put on sunscreen or just buy some skincare stuff because most of the stuff is legit shit. Like if you go to most, like whenever I go shopping with my kid, you know, she'll pick something up and she'll be like, daddy, you know, can I buy this? And I'm looking at it. I'm like, read how many ingredients are on this. Can you find something with like three or four ingredients, please? Like 32 doesn't work sort of thing, right? So these are some conversations that you're going to have to have. As far as, you know, guys that you're dealing with, are they just laughing at this? You, you know, when it comes to the conversation of self-care and taking care of themselves? Um, I think, yeah, I, I think when I bring it up and I, I think when I bring it up and I make it like a, like an okay space for them to talk about, like, no, you know, no one's ever talked to me about this before. I didn't really see the value. I think most people come, most men come around to it, but they don't have any formal education in it because of how I think society has it perceived to, or has kind of related to them. And that's really unfortunate. So I think they want to take care of themselves, but because they feel some level of like a barrier to entry there, yeah. I think that there's, I think lowering that barrier to entry for them would be really, really helpful because it's unfortunate. I think men want to take care of themselves. They just simply don't know how or have the tools. Well, I mean, people usually only go looking for help when it comes to help. Like they would rather have a prescription than they would a uh, nutraceutical that prevents the issue, right? Like they'd rather right. go to the doctor and get a pain pill than to take a vitamin. Right. I think women tend to be more proactive. Like men, women tend to be more proactive in our anti-aging approach. And you as such, be, though, we, are, we are aging collagen, better. <laughs> collagen disappears from your skin a lot faster in women than it does from uh, men, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you really have to be on that stuff early. Like, I think women should contemplate this stuff in their twenties for sure. Yeah. Um, and start a good, you know, like routine or whatever that happens to look like. And I think most women figure that out by their, by their twenties anyway, when, you know, the first gray hair pops and the first wrinkle sort of happens around the side, mm -hmm. but guys need to pay attention to this stuff too. And it's like, look, I mean, I don't blame you for not being interested in guys that don't prioritize self-care if it's something that's a priority for you. Um, you should be discerning in your taste in that regard because, you know, women always want the best that they can get anyway, right? So why would you want a guy that's a bum that doesn't take care of himself when you could, if there's guys out there that do, right? So it's absolutely fine. How do you motivate more guys to take their, you know, their health and their aging more seriously? Like I said, they'd rather have a painkiller than a vitamin, you know, like the guys will go looking for statins and cholesterol meds and all that stuff like that rather than change their diet. Mm -hmm. yeah just how we are yeah do you have a better solution well oh i'm a personal trainer and a coach so i do a lot of like like coaching for people who have actively sought out my health yeah. um when it comes to dating <laughs> i offer a lot of unsolicited advice uh, that people are usually receptive to if you if you are kind enough but i think doing what you're doing right now is really awesome I think that putting the content out and having more conversations about it and about men taking care of themselves, you know, instead of being these martyrs of hard work and uh, self-deprecation, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of that. I don't want to, I want to make sure I articulate this well. I get a lot of messages when people, when men see my career and they're like, Oh, I, I'm looking for someone to motivate me. I'm looking for someone to get me back in the gym. I'm looking for someone to do this. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. You're going to have to do it all on your own. How, how unattractive is that to you when you hear that? Oh, it's an immediate, like, I, I can't, I'm it's gross, right? Like, you it's, know, it's so icky. 
Somebody's saying to you, I need, I need somebody to motivate me. Will you motivate me? Like lower your standards and take care of my fat ass basically is what they're saying. And as someone whose career it is to do that, it's like, okay, well you can pay my session rate if you'd like. Hire no me. problem. Correct. Yeah, no problem. Here's my, here's my card. <laughs> no problem. This yeah. Is isn't rate. that interesting? Mm -hmm. um, I think men want help, but I think that there is this, you know, low activation for them. And what is your what is your number one recommendation for men? You know, since we have you on, you know, when it comes to self care, try, <laughs> do something. I think preventative preventative is number one. But if you have if you have missed that boat, um, the resources that you have, supplementation and getting your diet and exercise back in, like muscle mass exercise, is the number one anti aging. That if you want to, if you want to look and feel better, move yeah. your body. Yeah, that's an excellent point. I want to emphasize that because I didn't, because I didn't state that earlier. Um, having lean muscle on your body as you get older is incredibly important for so many different functions in your body. It's, uh, it's not just useful for strength and for moving around, but, it, but it's actually almost like a fuel, you know, as you get older, like your body needs it because you, cause you do a, lose it as you get older. There's a, yeah, it's really hard to maintain. There was a, um, and you might have to fact check me on this, but I think that there was something recent where you talked about muscle as an endocrine organ where muscle releases more like hormones now. And so we talk about regulating your hormone function and being able to age appropriately as your hormone function gets a little bit more wonky. Mm -hmm. uh, muscle is really, really powerful in helping to regulate that. Yeah, it's it's definitely useful lean muscle mass so there's your so there's your advice guys don't be uh fat and lazy be uh big and jacked and you will age better trust me um you know you take care of your body it's 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 going to pay back dividends you don't like I'm, I'm telling you guys i'm telling you i look around when i train when i go to the gym when i'm out in public and there's some people out there that don't have to look the way that they look and i know that they're i don't want to say in pain but they're uncomfortable going up the stairs reminds them that they're getting older you know getting out of a chair reminds them that there's that there's things falling apart with their body and it happens more and more as they get older and you don't and you don't have to deal with that you really don't so that's my advice liz thanks for chiming in i appreciate it appreciate you have all right been. take care all right let's uh let's see what we got here in uh the chat looks like we got a fellow by the name of physionic who's a phd student okay has a biz question too. How you doing, man? Hey, Rich. Uh, it's Casper, the friendly ghost over here. You are you are very very white, my friend. Yeah. Well, I think that that comes down to a lot of sunscreen, to be honest with you. Oh, <laughs> which, which kind of sunscreen? I hope it's zinc based. Uh, honestly, I'm still shopping around, so I'm I'm looking for different ones. I I just bought like three to try out, so we'll we'll see what I land on. Well. We'll take a look at the label in it, and if it has anything that ends in benzone as a medical ingredient, throw it in the garbage because it converts to estrogen in your body. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. That that and phthalates as well. Correct. Atrazine, um, phthalates, yeah, soy, all these yeah. things turn into estrogen in the body. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you having me on. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, Moff may have quick mentioned it, but I'm in my final year of my PhD in uh, molecular medicine, so this mm. is the kind of stuff that I actually... Awesome. Uh, read studies in. So um, I wanted to offer one that you may or may not be aware. Actually, you and Liz covered two. I had three listed and you guys covered two of them. Uh, you covered collagen peptides, which you said you already consumed like 30 yeah. grams of it. And the other probably, one is exercise. Probably closer to 50 daily now. 
Yeah. So you're, you're, you're well on your way on the, in that regard. Um, yeah. Exercise is obviously another one. And then one that's, uh, so a few months ago, I, so I do these uh, public study breakdowns so that people can actually see um, how to read the actual studies and actually look at the data for themselves. Mm-hmm. And I went over three studies on this supplement called Glynac. I don't know if you've run across anything on that. Um, no, fill me in. So Glynac is just, uh, it's two amino acids. It's a uh, glycine and N-acetylcysteine. Mm-hmm. And the combination of the two have, according to these three studies, which comes from the same research group. So there's always, to me, there's a little bit of trepidation. I always kind of think like I'd like to have uh, other research groups actually corroborate some of the findings, but this is from a really reputable group. They're from Baylor University, um, the from their medical school. And essentially what they did is they just gave participants, uh, older individuals around their 60s, mm-hmm. um, this Glynax supplementation. And then they wanted to see over 24 weeks what happens to a, a whole host of different uh, metrics. So you've actually mentioned a few of them related to like DNA and um, mm-hmm. and uh, like oxidative stress is another one. So mm-hmm. ultimately, I'll just list off just like the five like kind of mind blowing changes that they saw in these people. So okay. what do we got? The first one was uh, increased mitochondrial health. So I know people know what mitochondria are, mm-hmm. but um, you have a lot of dysfunction that starts to, to occur over time. Um, so it vastly reversed, I wouldn't say completely, but it, it, it dramatically improved mitochondrial health. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one is uh, markers of autophagy. So they had two or three different markers of autophagy that they looked at and all of them were improved. Mm-hmm. And then in terms of functional outcomes, they had improved strength. So I'm not talking about doing like a leg press or a squat or anything like that. They're, you mm-hmm. know, these, these individuals are in their 60s. So um, they're doing like these hand grip tests, which are correlated to, to, to other functional. And I outcomes. saw strength increases as a result. Yeah, substantial, actually. What um, was the percentage? I've got the, the data right here, actually. Actually, as I'm looking for, I'm gonna write this down and look into it. Sure. Um, the other, the other functional outcomes, as I'm looking for the strength increases, was uh, a slight reduction in blood pressure. It wasn't anything overly extreme, mm-hmm. but it was, it was statistically significant. It was just a few points, but it, so it wasn't a huge effect size, but it was something uh, still meaningful. And then the last one, which this one blew me the way the most, was reduced inflammation. So specifically mm. looking at markers of interleukin-6. So just to give you uh, some numbers on like that which one. inflammation marker were they looking at? Like, C, like C-reactive protein, homocysteine, mm-hmm. stuff like this? Yeah, C-reactive protein, interleukin-6, uh, intercellular adhesion molecule 1, which is related to, um, you were talking about cardiovascular disease a little bit earlier with uh, mm-hmm. heart disease. So that's one related to that. Um, and then TNF alpha was the other one, but what's the, um, what's the name of the combo? You said it was glycine and something else. N acetylcysteine. And is that NAC? Yeah. NAC. It's the same stuff. So NAC mm. plus glycine. Yeah. Right. Well, I have that right now in my, uh, kitchen. Oh, well then it, you, yeah. I already <laughs> take glycine and I already take NAC daily, but I don't take them together. I take them at different times. I take the glycine at night. I so they took it together, but I'm, I don't know if that would actually make a difference if you took it at separate times. So 
So that's interesting. So NAC and glycine has that much of a positive effect on your body's operation. Yeah, I mean, numerically speaking, they actually compared it to younger individuals. So they took this cohort of six of people that were 60 years old and compared it against people that were 20 years old. Yeah. And obviously just doing measures. And I can I can say that for people that are 20 years old, if you take this supplement stack, it does absolutely nothing. Yeah. But for those people that are 60 years old, it for some of the metrics, not all of them, but for some of the Did metrics. Did they say what the dosing was on the NAC and the glycine? Yeah, it was uh, anywhere between five and 10 grams, which... So five to 10 grams of NAC and then glycine? It was right in that same neighborhood. So it so depends on weight. So they usually do 100 milligrams per kilogram of weight. So I think that means, I'm pretty sure the NAC uh, capsules are about 750 milligrams. So mm -hmm. you're gonna have to take about six of them then, six or seven. Yeah, but... I think that, see, so this is actually an area where oh, it's a I think fairly high dosage then. It is. Is it sustainable over a long period of time or is this just something you do short, you know, for a short period of time? So they tested, they tested this after a while. So that, let's say they did uh, the measurements for, I think, 32 weeks for one of the studies. And then they had a 16 week washout period where the mm -hmm. people stopped taking the supplement. And some of the effects still remained, but you can slowly see an encroachment back to where they were. So you would have to take it continuously over time. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's fascinating. I mean, some of the... Yeah, there's so many good data points that keep coming out. It's like, you know, one of the other ones that I came across recently too is taurine. You know, they learned that taurine has a significant effect on lifespan and quality of life too. Yeah, to be honest, I haven't looked at that research, so I couldn't speak to it. But um, very recent. I believe it. Last uh, last three or four weeks, I came across it. Yeah, super recent. But yeah, apparently it's got a similar type of uh, effect. So there you go, guys. There's a there, there's a gold nugget. I'm going to do a little research on that myself. But it looks like high dose of NAC and glycine uh, has significant positive impacts on you. Um, you said you also had a business question too. Yeah, I do. Um, so I'm actually releasing a, a product um, and I'm curious how you go about pricing for a particular product. Like, do you have a particular psychology or different? Like, yeah, um, the value that the person gets from the use of the product should be at least five times greater than the cost of the product. And how would you assess the value for someone else? Well, that depends. I mean, certain things are easier to value than others. You know, for example, like somebody might value health more than somebody that doesn't value health. Like I'm assuming this is some sort of medical or health product, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, I mean, the people that tend to value their health are older now. They're probably over 40 because that's when they start to realize that shit's not going that well. And um, they start looking for answers and they usually go to the GP, which does nothing for them. So if they have money, they're willing to pay for stuff. Like I, I probably spend five, 600 bucks a month just, just at my uh, clinic. You know, if I were to average it out monthly, you know, for IV infusions, for uh, EDTAs, for plaque X's every, you know, four to six months, I'm in there doing blood work. He's going to review the blood work. Um, and then I'm in there for personal training as well too. Right. So um, yeah, it, like, if people have money and they're older than 40 and it solves problems over that age range, then you can charge quite a bit of money for it. Okay. Okay. Depends yeah. on how much of a problem it, it solves. Like, are you going to eradicate something that's completely going? So like people will fly to Turkey and they'll take hair out of the back of their head and they'll plug it into the top of their head and call it a full head of hair for, I don't know what, what that costs, three grand, five grand, you know, whatever it happens to be. 
Mm. Um, I don't know how many sessions you have to go through. I know you have to go through yourself. Like people will fly back and forth, do all that shit, fly in a plane with all this shit on their head, you know, looking like a numbskull, you know, just to keep hair, right? So people will spend money on stuff that matters to them. Okay. So you have to look at it from the perspective of the end user. How much benefit are they going to get? Like, how much does this matter to my customer? Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Okay. Things that matter are looking good, having good sex. Like there's those two main things is looking good and having good sex. Right? Like that's what people want. That's why we're here. And they know looking good will get them good sex. Right? Because they now have options if they don't look like a bum. Right. Okay. So there's all that too. But yeah. Do you want to tell me about the product or is it secret still? No, no, no. I can tell you. Um, I, just like I described earlier, what I do is um, I, on on YouTube, I, I'm not going to plug my channel, but just in general, like I, uh, is I it, read research. Physionic? Yeah, it is actually. There you go, guys. Check out Physionic's <laughs> YouTube channel. I've not seen it, so. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Um, so I... I read research and I just make it publicly available so that people can see the thought process of, you know, understanding the data. And then I end up creating illustrations so that people can understand what's happening within the cell and whatnot. So the product is, uh, the idea is to teach somebody how to go from a health question that they have for themselves and then to be able to read a basic study. So it's limited to the types of studies that they can read and then ultimately come to a health solution for themselves. And then I teach them how to actually apply and systematically apply that solution to their life so that they can actually measure it uh, for themselves. So, I, you know, I, I realize that it's going to be for a particular demographic of people that want to take charge of their life and uh, for people that are actually interested in, in improving their life. So, you know, I'm still I'm still debating exactly how I would actually price something like that. So that's why I came on here to ask you. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you've got the, the time, you know, we can talk privately and, you know, book a session that way. But because okay. um, there's a b bunch of things you got to sort of contemplate. I'm just looking at your YouTube channel right now. My other screen, uh, 52,000 subs. Congrats. That's oh, uh, thanks. accomplishment. Not very many people get past a thousand. And just a bit of advice. The title is simplifying medical studies for you. But mm -hmm. then I'm looking at the length of some of these videos and it's like an hour and 20 minutes. And it's like a guy like me doesn't have an hour and 20 minutes. I won't watch a full like Lex Friedman or Huberman podcast just because they're too long. But what I will do is I subscribe to the clips channel. And if I see any okay. clips that pop up that are compelling and something that I might be interested in, like I do the same thing with Dr. Berg. I think Dr. Berg is a good resource for a lot of stuff. Hmm. Um, he seems to cover, cover a lot of different angles, but, um, yeah, like I want to, you know, know what I need to know in 10 to 20 minutes. If it takes an hour and 20, I'm not going to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah. Um, usually those are like 10 study analyses all put, put together. So there's a yeah. conclusion section where people can skip to it. But I think that from the outset, like when you look at that and you see an hour and a half, you, you just don't even click on it. So no, it's I, cool I though, that. man. You know, I appreciate you popping in and uh, sharing some wisdom. And I didn't know that about NAC and Glycine. I'm going to dig that up. And you just uh, got yourself another subscriber. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you very much. All right, man. Take care. All right. You too. Bye. See you, bud. Um, all right, let's see what else we got over here uh, in the columns. And again, guys, if you guys want to call in and ask a question, if you uh, have a disagreement, and you want to, you've got a better solution to something that I've talked about. Cool. Um, the link is pinned in the live chat of YouTube. It just says uh, it's pinned up at the top. It says call in and ask a question tonight's show and uh, Moff will get you cleared to bring you in. So
All right, let's see what we got here. Um, we've got Supreme Emperor. I don't, I don't know what Supreme Emperor wants. Uh, Muff didn't tell me yet. So, uh, evening, evening, Richard. Thanks for having me on. Good evening. What is up, Supreme Emperor? <laughs> just call me Kizza. Just call me Kizza. Don't worry. Kizza. Supreme Emperor is just a troll I put on left us with the pronoun game. All right, good stuff. All right, what do you got uh, for tonight, man? Okay, my, okay, uh, uh, Rich. My question to you is. Um, I'm sure we're all in agreement how the welfare state effectively replaced men as a resource generator. My question to you is how, not entirely, what, but yes, but mostly. Yeah. Yeah. So my question to you is in the future with science, how there is push to create artificial incubators to the yeah. point where you could grow babies yeah, in yeah. these incubators. Yeah. How much of a power dynamic difference do you think there will be between the sexes if this was to be made for real? Um, you know, what's funny, there's private Facebook groups that are basically people that can't have kids, uh, uh -huh. looking for, sp for sperm donors. And it's the vast majority of them seem to be unattractive, uh, gay women. Um, so <laughs> I wonder there's why. obviously, you know, no man in the equation, but they'll go to these groups and they'll solicit and they usually with AI, which stands for artificial insemination. Uh, mm -hmm. get what they need with a turkey baster and they go and have uh, babies and create a family. Men don't really have that unless they've got serious money. They can hire, you know, a woman uh, to, uh, you know, surrogacy. carry his kid. Yeah, um, they kind of surrogacy. Yeah. Surrogacies, you know, there's money involved. There's legal issues. There could be potential problems later on down the road if you go that yeah. route. So I think the, po the power dynamic that you're talking about could potentially placate a lot of the guys that are involuntary celibate, that want families, that might be MGTOW. Um there's lots of opportunities there for guys with uh, incubators to um, do what that what we're here to, you know, which is pass on seed, you know, basically pass on your DNA. So, yeah, because um, so I'd interrupt, but how did I explain it to Moff earlier? Was that basically you would go into a clinic, maybe pay a small fee, mm. you leave your sperm cells, you come back nine months to a year's time, and there is your baby. Okay. So the reason I asked this question is because we know full well that various you know scientific groups are trying to do this mm -hmm. and my question is is that i mean i have my theories of how it will go but i'd like to hear from you and others in the uh, community i think if that... this were to be sorry go ahead finish your uh, thought uh, if this were to become a reality could this readjust the power dynamics to a point where basically you put the ball in the women's court where you basically say to them okay ladies do you want to be a boss, babe, or do you want to be a mother? So you're asking if these artificial wombs will put women back in check, basically. Yeah, it would basically be like a, a great equalizer, as the yeah. state itself with the welfare policy is almost over, overwhelmingly replaced men in terms of resources. I think that if there's anything that comes along that uh, infringes on what women think are rights that they've acquired uh, either from state grants or from men, you know, cause men gave up certain rights so they could have, you know, whatever they wanted. I think that anything that comes their way that removes options for them, um, they're going to throw a big hissy fit. I mean, like you saw what they did, um, you know, when they changed those laws statewide in the U S to, uh, oh, yeah, they after a certain number of, yeah, yeah they completely, you know, lost their shit. They had a meltdown country leaders like Justin Trudeau was like, well, just come to Canada, you know, we'll take care of you. Um, yeah, yeah, like yeah. it made worldwide news, 
right? So I think if yeah. it if it if it's deemed that control and freedom um, or oppression is coming women's way as a result of something that's being pushed down th through the scientific pipeline, they're going to have a shit fit for sure. Uh, they'll probably try to protest it and stop it. Um, the state will probably regulate it because it'll be something that they will have to authorize. Uh, oh, like for Tony, sure, for sure. You know, so the oh, state yeah, will regulate sure. it. And if the state wants to control the population, that's a real good way to regulate it. If they want dumb people, they could literally have machines that'll pump out more dumb people to vote for dumb shit. Um, it doesn't seem <laughs> like they want a lot of smart people because they're encouraging dumb stuff in society right now today, right? Well, so, I mean, it does remind me of the old George Carlin joke where he says they want you smart enough to operate the machines, but not smart enough to question what's going on. Right. Essentially, but yeah. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I just thought I'd ask the question because I, I just think it's something that's coming in the future's time, I reckon, within 10 or yeah. so years. Yeah, there's and lots of things that, that are potentially going to change the sexual landscape. You know, they're talking about sex robots. They're talking about incubators to have babies. You know, there's yeah. all these things that, you know, could potentially put women in check and make them, you know, fall back in line as a lot of, you know, I've heard people out there say, I don't think you're ever going to see women fall into any line ever again. Um, they, they like the movement that I see women going towards with this toxic version of uh, feminism, because let's be honest, like there's nothing today that women can't do that men can do uh, virtually nothing. So, you know, yeah. setting aside the manufactured, you know, complaints that really don't exist, like, oh, we're only yeah. making 70 cents on a dollar for every dollar that a man makes. No, don't That's already been debunked me, a million times, right? Don't get so, me started on the feminist garbage. So, yeah, so all so. of this stuff is, is you know, out there and it's always going to be out there. But it seems like the movement is towards supremacy and the subjugation of men. It's not about equality anymore because they've had equality for a long time. Now it's about control and the subjugation of men. So, um you know, anything that's going to infringe on that or potentially infringe on that, I think is going to be a big issue for a lot of these groups in the future. And we'll see how it unfolds, man. But I'm yeah. I'm more of the mindset of just enjoy the decline. We know the trajectory is kind of going that way. Um, I just I just look at how things work and how they'll probably be working in the next three to five years. And I operate within that time frame. No, that's I mean, there's not even any guarantee that anything's that I'm even going to exist tomorrow. I could die in my sleep tonight, right? So um, yeah. I don't lean too far out into, oh, in 10 years' time when we have artificial wombs, how do you think that will uh, affect the landscape? I don't think that far ahead because if it happens, you know, I'll cross that bridge then. I'm not even going to have any kind of a effect on it. So why allocate resources and thought towards it? Yeah, that's fair. Like me, I mean, exactly. I am like a fair bit younger than yourself, but like I always try and think of, live for the moment but always be wary of what's coming with the future yeah but what yeah but what control do you have over something like that potentially coming aside from having a conversation on philosophy on it well i mean i don't have personal control of it but the yeah. thing is is that with how my mind works not to sound like a big-headed genius here yeah but like the way my mind works because i'm an engineer by trade i did motorsport engineering mm -hmm. and um the way i see it is i can see a trajectory of where it's going Almost with pretty good accuracy and i can see okay if we're going this way i could picture what what could what could come down the road and therefore so can let me ask you yeah sorry let me ask you this question since you're an engineer and you've okay, got some ideas yeah. around this so yeah. before i go to the next call um no what 
what do you think is coming the next five five to ten years? Where do you think things are going since this is uh, contemplated? Right now, well, right now, I can definitely say we're, they're going to push for like fifteen minute cities because of because I'm living yeah. in yeah I'm living in one right now and there's absolute BS. Yeah. And I don't think the public are going to revolt against it, despite what certain no. media pundits are saying. No, there's going to be push for that. There's going to be pu- pushes, bigger pushes for UBI, as we're mm-hmm. seeing right now. Yeah, and then you know things like the social credit score that we already see in China, CBDCs. Uh, you know, dig- you know, digital back currencies that we're seeing through like the UN or mm-hmm. you know the World uh, World Health Organization with like passports you know vaccine passports and stuff like that it's basically you know going to be cbcs are though right uh I believe so just 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 central bank digital currencies so they're gonna have... yeah yeah that's yeah yeah that's so things, fiat yeah. money is going to disappear and we're going to have programmable digital money now oh yes i can't i can't. And they'll know exactly what you spend it on and they can program it to allow you to spend it on certain things if they give it to you oh, and they absolutely. can print an unlimited supply of it as well too by the way Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Which is why, like, ironically enough, I reckon they learned a lot from the crypt from people who did crypto. Yeah. And for hold on, people caught on to this, but then you know they'll create their own one and then change the rules to say you can only use this specific currency. Right. Right. You know, and and ultimately, mm-hmm. a lot of people are now used to it thanks to COVID with all the use of credit cards. Yeah. You know, Online people just using credit easy. cards. Amazon. Exactly. You no, know, everybody's got exactly. App, you know, you, what else you, you see? Uh, let me think here. I mean, you're, we're obviously fully aware of the push for pure electrification with like no internal combustion engine cars. They say in 2035. Yeah, like 2035. Yeah. Well, they say first they said 2030, but then he pushed back to 2035. I mean, I don't think that that's going to happen. There's no, no, definitely there's not. Still going to be the need for for gasoline, and they're going to have to re- revise that goal. And I think that we'll probably see some sort of technology out of hydrogen that's honestly going to be better than battery technology. Um, yeah, and the emissions I mean, are nil. And yeah, I mean, the, push, make. the hydrogen buzz sort of has died down with the push for battery engine vehicles. I, I personally think Tesla and Elon Musk are a large reason for that. Yeah. Whereas for me, what kind of pisses me off is that with the internal combustion engine, we already have technologies that have been developed which can drastically improve the efficiency of internal combustion engines already existing. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, Koenigsegg, which I'm sure is a brand you're familiar with. Yeah, They created the free valve engine, which drastically increases the efficiency on a standard four-cylinder engine by 30%. And okay. what's crazy is it's scalable. So you could tune it to pure power while still gaining, let's say, 10 to 15% efficiency mm-hmm. or pure fuel economy ways you can increase the efficiency between... I would say fifty to sixty percent. And yeah, that's just not um, talking about that in the news. They're talking about new new battery plants that they're opening for tax credits and stuff. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. again, I kind of blame Elon for this, but then again, it's just a natural <laughs> circulation because I believe I said it to you in a super chat before about solid state batteries coming very close, which is gonna revolutionize battery technologies. We know, yeah. you know, there's also talks about um or what's it called? Um somehow integrating with the transhumanist stuff like integrating like battery and electronic tech into humans themselves yeah let's, there's a lot he's of crazy that, stuff. um he's got that neural link stuff coming yeah so yeah yeah like i would not we're be on surprised. the same page with a lot of stuff that's coming on the horizon it's just i'm not leaning you know 10 years out it's it's a pretty strong possibility and the technology yeah. certainly exists it's it's very easy for them to Bodges together in the next five to ten years. I can't see them having a problem, you know, solving oh, no, the problem. No, sure. It's just oh, are they going to allow it? How is the state going to run it? What's the cost going to be? Um, and then there's the other element on the back end too. Is uh, you know, similarly to how women are particularly awful at raising children, you know, 
by themselves. All the data you know, suggests that uh, teenage gang violence, runaways, teenage pregnancies, uh, suicide, bad grades, uh, primarily come from single mother households. I don't think that single fathers are that much better either. So I'm not saying that, you know, men are uh, on par or better than, you know, raising children. But this, but the data certainly suggests that women suck at it the most. I don't think that raising a kid by yourself without a mother is a good idea. I think a, a yeah. child needs both parents. Um, yeah. Um, it just I seems obvious that men are better at it, though. Yeah, I think because um, I actually did have numerous arguments about this. And I have friends who've gone over the whole data about broken homes and stuff yeah what it is and i've had to explain this to mothers themselves is that although the father may not be have the nurturing or caring role that you expect of the mother the thing is the father provides the structure and the discipline that the child requires and that's the main difference it's that... fathers that turn girls into women and boys into men exactly women, so women do the caregiving part you know the hugging yeah the exactly kicking, yeah. You know, the feeding yeah the like if i stick, yeah, if I would, yeah, so like my myself, I'm a uncle of three, um, two boys, two nephews, and one niece. But I've done multiple huge amounts of babysitting over my relatively short lifespan. And the main thing I would dare say is that when it comes to the dynamics of the mother versus the father, is that when the child, when children, let's say after toddlers, and they start to go about exploring. Mm -hmm. that is where the father role is much more important than the mother role yeah after because seven. Of that, yeah because mothers that are point, more important under seven fathers are more important after seven there's a big reason it, for that yeah yeah and that's because the, the children and i mean i remember as a kid i'm sure you and everyone else listening to this well so when they got to that age they want to explore and explore the world and the mothers tend to but not always tend to want to mod they coddle them and keep them almost in like a glorified cage and not yeah. allow them to escape yeah, whereas the fathers are quite happy to let them explore and scrape their knees and stuff because it, you know, they're going to have to explore. They're going to have to get hurt, you know, get, you know, get dirt on them, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people do. Now, I, again, I would never recommend going on your own for raising a child. I would never recommend it. Like myself, I perhaps could do it on my own, but I wouldn't want to do it ideally. But again, it's, the thing with kids is that, you got to be very delicate with. But I mean, let's be honest. Like, yeah, you know, uh, unattractive like gay women have been getting away with this for years now with sperm donors, right? Like they've been able to raise kids on their own. So, you know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. You know, if they want to do it, I say let the men have at it and let them get their uh, artificial wombs. Go for it. Exactly. Well, exactly. Like, because uh, what also could possibly go wrong? It can't possibly be worse than like this epidemic of single mother households with with kids coming out they're basically beta factories well exactly and also in my case like you know especially for men who are in very well-off situations but don't want to deal with the hassle of let's say modern women in like family courts sure. and stuff another option yeah you, you know you could just remove let's say as the old saying goes why buy the cow when you could get the milk for free right you know you could just do that and that way like you could have you know especially if you're one of those super wealthy types who wants to mm -hmm. really build a legacy and have yeah, you Multiple could build an kids. entire army of, of children. Man. Yeah, yeah. you could do that. Like, you know, you know, if you're one of those individuals who wants to have effectively an entire army of like your own offspring, yeah. you know, to take over your industries or you yeah. know, do your you know stuff like that. You so could do have that the money if you want. Yeah, it's entirely. Oh hell yeah! Like I mean, yeah. I hate to use his name, but I'm sure if this technology came around, the Tate brothers would be all over and have about thousands upon thousands of kids if they just flopped their money on it. I bet. I bet Elon Musk would have more. 
Oh yeah, for sure. He's the one that talks about underpopulation and depopulation and have a bunch of kids. He's the kind of guy that would just like build it because he's like, ah, fuck it. I think I want to have a thousand more of these things. Well, yeah, I mean, he already has what? Because he's got the money. He's got billions. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, even most of it is based in inflated stocks, but uh, you know, again, it's like, this will piss me off about the whole birth rate thing. It's like, they kept saying overpopulation, overpopulation. It's like, no, 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 no. In the West, since the 1970s, we've had below replacement birth rates. Yep. In the third world, specifically Africa, they've been breeding like fucking rabbits. Breeding like rabbits. We're talking as much as seven, seven point one, but you know, birth rates. Yeah, it's huge. And then they, and then they flood the West with, you know, through mass migration, you know, with climate crisis and wars and stuff. Flood the West, claiming that we need the immigration uphill to upload our, uh, you know, our system of function of governments and stuff. But in reality, all they're doing is overloading it, yeah. dropping, you know, collapsing wages. Collapse, dropping the IQ and creating basically a dependent cluster. <laughs> I, I know, I know. I, you're I preaching know you're to the choir, Kizza. I, I do apologize. Preaching to the choir, man. All right, um, let, let's. Um, so much of your time. I do yeah, man. Let's wrap it up because I got a couple of other people that want to hop on. But yeah, yeah I do like, apologize, I'm, everyone. I'm on board yeah. with you, and I think it's an interesting question. So thanks for tabling it tonight. Appreciate. Dude. Thanks very much for having See me. You, man. All right, peace. All right, um, <laughs> man. That is a long and deep rabbit hole you can go down with conversations like that. Uh, let's talk to Andrew here. Uh, about hair sups hair supplements okay what do you got for me man hi rich how's it going good good uh, i uh on spotify uh like a year ago you were the number one person i listened to by a lot by a lot like you know the the metrics at the end of the year yeah yeah, yeah. it tells you at the end of the year you know you listen. yeah 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 cool man. awesome and and uh i had a crazy ex my first girlfriend and then broke up with her i got red pilled Mm-hmm. And then I found this awesome woman um, that lasted for two years. It, anyways, it didn't work out because we have different time frames for having children, and I still want to live my life a little bit, which is, you know. But, anyways, my question was, um, uh, I f- okay, you're the only person that uh, I think will actually tell me the truth because I keep asking people. people I feel like my everybody else my, lies to you. <laughs> well, no, but like they feel right, bad. The question, or give it to me. Go my on. hair is like I feel like my hair is thinning, you know? Okay. Like I feel like my hairline's receding. Okay. And my question is is it and uh do you know about do you are think you hairlines shedding, are you shedding hair like when you wash your hair, do you have hair in your hand? When you take off a hat, is it still yeah. in a hat? Yeah, and and when I wake up it's on my pillow. Okay, so so you're probably losing your hair. Is your is your grandfather on on either side bald? My my dad's side, but my mom's side, no. Yeah, so it usually skips a generation. Not always, mm-hmm. but generally speaking, if one of your grandfathers is bald, you could have the gene, right? Okay. So, are there things that you can do to slow that down? Yeah, at your age, how old are you? I'm 23. So uh, Derek Moore, Plates More Dates, he's got loads of video on hair care and, and hair loss prevention, all that. Do you know who I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. Yeah. I would follow his protocols, right? Like if you want to, you know, if you want to delay it, then I would follow his protocols because they seem to work for a good number of people. You're not mm. going to stop it, right? Like if you've got the you know, right. genetic code to be sensitive to, to DHT and mm-hmm. your body's making it, you know, you can block it. You can yeah. find ways to, you know, prevent those two things from, from binding. 
but they're still going to make contact and you're still going to lose hair. And as you get older, you're going to have less hair. It's just, it'll just slow down the process. Um, okay. So my advice would be do that. And then once that stops working, then just shave it off. Mm. I mean, there's people that do like, you know, like hair transplants. Yeah. And if look, man, if that makes you happy, do it. I don't, I don't see the point. I mean, I'm already right. handsome as fuck, you know, you know, the way that I am with bald head and a beard. So that's true. That's true. But, um, no homo. yeah, just, just, just follow his protocols. And then when it gets to the point where it's like, all right, this seems to be like a waste of time. If you're not into plugs and just shave your head. Right. Okay, cool. Um, the other thing I want to mention was, uh, there's a interesting study that, uh, you can change your facial structure if yeah. you're young mm -hmm. by the way that you uh, position your tongue and rests in your mouth. Yep. It changes your, you know about that. Yeah. It's, okay. uh, no, it's called okay. um, mewing or whatever. It's just, you just chew on those rubber balls and it strengthens your jaw. You can also chew um, a gum, mastic gum, I think it's called or something like that. Ben Greenfield's mm -hmm. got a, a podcast. He talks about it. I, I came across it. I don't, I don't care. I already have a nice jaw anyway. And plus I have the beard over it. So, so who gives a shit? I mean, you can't even see it. Um, but yeah, if you chew that gum and you know, you just, you know, get it down right. Yeah. It's called mastic gum. Yeah. I'm off, put it in the chat. Um, cool. that, and most importantly is lose body weight. Like if you're fat, like if you've mm -hmm. got a little bit of body fat on you, losing body weight will shape your face a lot nicer. Yeah. Um, I still have some ways to go, but I used what's to be your, a swimmer. What's your height a, and weight? I am about, let's see, I'd say about 195 now at five mm ten. -hmm. Yeah. You're probably about at least 10, 15 pounds. You could pull off your body. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. When I was in, but I used to, uh, swim into college and stuff about six yeah. years. Um, so I did. It used to doesn't matter. It's, it's what, it's what you're doing going forward. You know, that'll definitely make the big difference. When you're in shape, life's a lot easier. It's way easier. You look better, you're healthier, everything's yeah. better. Do it. Yeah. Uh, you last don't do question. it for other people, you do it for yourself, by the way. Right. Last question. Go. Um, would you, uh, you know, what would you, would there be anything you suggest to do uh, to maintain some of your youthful appearance? at a age of 23. Um, yeah. If I could go back and do anything yeah. different, I would, I would, I would look into things that cause inflammation in the body. I would do everything that I talked about actually, you know, at the very start. I mean, if you're really, you know, serious about it and you've got the money and the time, I would get your, um, DNA from 23andMe. I'd get it analyzed from Dr. J. Um, I would take a look at food sensitivities to make sure you yeah. stay away from foods that cause the inflammation in your body. Cause inflammation, mm -hmm. by the way, can accelerate hair loss too, right? Yeah. Like if your body is constantly in dis-ease and as in a inflammatory state, it's not optimal, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's going to have an effect on aging. It's going to have an effect on all your bod bodily functions. So yeah, I would, I would do it early if you have the ability to do it, man. I mean, like, don't wait till you're 30 or 40 and you have to, you know, try to mitigate damage that's already happened for 30 or 40 years. If you start young and you know what foods to stay away from, you know what causes the inflammation in your body, you know that you might have a predisposition to a certain whatever, then you stay away from those things. Like, I would have never known that I have a issue with plant cholesterols. Dude, my mm. mom's Greek. I grew up on Greek, on like Greek food. That's which crazy, is covered in bro. olive oil. 
And my entire yeah. life, my body has a bad response to all of, that's probably why I was farting my entire life, right? And it's like, as soon as I took those food, foods out yeah. of my diet, it hardly ever happens anymore. Stay away from the vegetable oils. Anything, seed oils, I mean, nuts. Dude, I used to go to Costco seed and, oils get, are and get uh, pumpkin seeds, salted pumpkin seeds, and they were already shelled, and I'd put them Me in too. a cup like this, and I would just, you know, kind of like swig them out of a cup, of, you know, as a snack because they're high in protein, they're high in iron, they're high in fiber, they got right. selenium, you know, they got potassium, which is it's all shit me. So I was like swigging back like two cups of pumpkin mm. seeds daily. And that seed, like that's a plant cholesterol. So seeds and nuts look, are a huge problem for me. Look so that's into, why I'm saying go and take a look at this stuff. If you're serious mm -hmm. about it, take a look at what you've got inflammation markers to. Take a look at, you know, what genetic predispositions you have. Stay away mm -hmm. from foods that are going to cause problems, right? It'll, you know, it'll definitely make a difference for you for sure. It's worth it. You should really uh, look into linoleic acids there in every vegetable oil. <sighs> I've, not, uh, I've not heard of that. What's it called? Linoleic acids and how do you spell um, it? Do you know? L I N O E I C. Acid. Oh shit. Okay, yeah, I think it's, there's got to be a second Google. L in there somewhere. Yeah, I, I I'll start googling it and see what it corrects to. There's a lot of documentaries on YouTube um, about how unnatural vegetable oils are. Yeah, and I just stay away from anything that's like plant, plant based now, right? Yeah, so if I yeah, cook in plants. any kind we're, of fat, we're not supposed to eat plants. Yeah, well, it's... no, you are, but um, like whenever I cook anything that needs fat, then I just use uh, beef tallow, which is just beef. Yes, fat, right. That's awesome. That's... Or pork lard yeah. is great to have around, you know, too. Mm -hmm. So anything that's like meat based for me, I found out is very good in my body. I, I can eat as much meat as I want. I have no inflammation from it whatsoever. There's certain vet, mm -hmm. like like yeah. plant cholesterols I have to stay away from and certain other plants. But once you understand these things and you start living your life in accordance with what your body responds best to, you don't get a fucking owner's manual when you're born. Nobody gives you an owner's manual that says, you know, like you get with a car, like put this oil in the car, washer mm -hmm. fluid goes over here. Nobody gets that. But this is legitimately the owner's manual to your life. What it used to be was your ancestors would tell you how to live, but we've been disconnected from that. But there's... There's also that too. And we move all over the planet. You don't even know who your ancestors are anymore now, right? So there's that too. Um, I just, uh, you know, carnivore diet, if I don't know if you've looked into this, but um, inflammation can affect your brain. I had mm -hmm. really bad brain fog mm -hmm. for a very long time. And I realized that um, the elimination diet of carnivore um, took away all the inflammatory things that were making me have brain fog. Yeah. And what works for you may not work for somebody else. What works for you happens to work for me, by the way, because that's all I usually eat now is mostly meat. Mm -hmm. right? But that may not work for somebody else that might have a reaction to certain meats or shellfish or fish or, you know, something like that. that they got to be super careful with. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, Andrew, uh, definitely follow Derek's advice on that and yeah. it should work for you. All right. All right. All right, man. Thanks. See you later. Peace. Um, all right. I got like Another five minutes, so real quick, I'll grab uh, Wahlberger here. Uh, hey, man, you're in the car today. What's happening? Yeah, yeah. Hey, Rich. I'm uh, actually literally on my way home from uh, playing basketball at uh, Police HQ in my city. So cool. uh, I'm a civilian who gets to go play basketball with these guys, uh, an elite group, and a great experience. And my point is, is this, is that the best anti-aging hack, as far as I'm concerned, is – 
getting involved with some sort of group that is physically active, um, hopefully competitive, not that's fine too. And, uh, get involved with that. It solves so many problems. It gives you instant frame, instant social connectivity. If it's a group where it's going to have women in it, you're going to have, uh, women in there as well. Instantly, there's going to be one hot one out of all of them for sure. And, and so it solves so many issues. And so get yeah, involved sport and with social clubs really do offer a lot of benefits. It's, it's a good way to socialize and get a decent amount of cardio. You're not going to build a strong muscular frame playing, you know, playing sports leagues like that. Usually you have to lift, you need a lot of resistance training. Yes. Um, but yeah, I would, I would co-sign, you know, that hundred percent. If that's what you're looking for and you like playing in groups, do it for sure. Well, yeah, it just solves some of those issues. And and also it makes you more interesting. If you're talking to somebody and, and, and you have a it schedule. Expands your network. It exposes you to some good people at least too, right? That's right. And you can gain traction with that. Like me with this police group, this is something after years of me being involved in the sport, mm-hmm. people are seeking me out to play, right? And you don't have to be the best. You, like that's the thing. Don't think you have to be really good at something to go do it. Go jump off that that cliff there and put your name on some social sports club because they're dying for people. And that puts you in an elite group right off the bat. So nine out of ten people Great aren't point. doing that. Great point. Right? Yeah, Did you have any questions for tonight? Or is you, uh, that was just that, a share for you. That's all, brother. Just wanted to say, you know what, that can solve a lot of people's problems, knock a lot of things off the list if you get involved in something like that. Get you moving. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, man. Cheers, brother. See you, bro. All right. Um, so I think on that note, we'll wrap it up. Um, yeah, you know, now that I think about it, since I was talking to that young kid, um, I wouldn't even wait till 30. I would, I would start taking a look at these things as soon as you recognize that, um, you give a shit about your health. Uh, so if you're 20 or 40, it doesn't matter. Um, I think the best ROI that you can, spend your time effort and resources in is going to be on yourself that's where the biggest payoff is chase excellence not women you know put your dents in the universe make sure that you're fully optimized um there's a big big difference between being normal and optimized um back to the early story when i was talking about my dad when we were going through his blood labs uh you know his doctor basically said everything is normal and normal again is not optimized because if you're lethargic you're not sleeping properly you're weak you can't focus you have brain fog you're easily distracted like all of these things there's something probably going on right you you more than likely don't need some fucking prescription med to put you to sleep or some bullshit to deal with cholesterol levels there's probably something that you can deal with yourself is basically what i'm saying right um you can either pay big pharma for sick care And all that really is, is they get you to a position where you're not so sick that you're dead, but you're not so healthy that you don't need the medicine. And that, and that sweet spot, that's where they try to get the vast majority of North Americans. They want to get you in that sweet spot where you're not so sick that you're dead, but you're not so healthy that you don't need their medicine. They want you on that subscription. They want your immune system. They want you on that subscription feed for as long as they can possibly get you. And to be honest with you, you can get off a lot of that stuff and avoid it if you've got your health optimized. So I don't know. You guys do what you want. You let me know in the comments below what your thoughts are. Am I right? Am I wrong? These are just the hacks that I've been using. 
Um, we'll be back again next Monday. If you follow my Entrepreneurs in Cars channel, um, I've got a Plane to Win podcast scheduled tomorrow with uh, Orion Taraban. He's the creator of the Psych Hacks channel, which uh, has been an interesting follow for the last few months. So that'll be a cool talk. Uh, just check out the podcast intro and we'll catch up with you guys real soon. All right, guys. If you enjoyed that podcast, make sure you visit my website at richcooper.ca to learn more about my courses, my book, The Unplugged Alpha, community, or booking me for private coaching. Also, if you are a Canadian with $15,000 or more of credit card debt, and what you are doing right now isn't paying off the balances, then visit totaldebtfreedom.ca and hit get a free quote to see if you qualify to settle your credit card debt for less than you owe today over the next 48 months. Make sure you check out the top pinned comment on YouTube for all the links mentioned during the show.